John Contreras with my amazing co-host. Adam Garcia. And we're back yet again. This is like probably like our longest layoff in probably a while. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we planned to record like uh, yesterday, but, you know, we won't get into what happened and all that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah just shit happens and all that shit. But we do got a lot of shit for you. And plus, the draft is in 11 days, so... Yes, the draft is coming up. I think now it's like ten days away or something like that. So, yeah, we got a we got a mock draft coming on the way. We got we got some NFL news that happened. We got some NBA playoffs which just started, and we got some UFC stuff as well. And then like a major breaking news that happened. Well, now going on like over two weeks ago now. But anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into our first topic, and that's going to be this man, which I fucking hope that you can see on your screen if you're watching it on YouTube or anything. And that is Odell Beckham Jr. has signed with the Baltimore Ravens. It is a one-year, and it is $13.835 million signing bonus, a $1.165 million base salary, and $3 million in reachable incentives. So... Technically, a one deal worth up to $18 million for Odell Beckham Jr. Well, after uh, tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl uh, against the Bengals last year, uh, Odell, like, was not claimed by anyone. This year, there were rumors, uh, you know, all around the season. Uh, It was mostly Dallas, and that never happened. So, uh, it was basically, he just wasn't prepared to go throughout the year was the latest thing that like uh apparently he wasn't gonna be healthy in november or december then he said he wanted to be uh he wanted to be back for the playoffs and then that never happened so yeah now we wait till the offseason and odell beckham jr has signed with the baltimore ravens i'm not gonna lie i did not expect him to go to the ravens of all teams I mean, like, yeah, I I could see why you like probably don't think that, because like the Ravens, like, they've signed receivers, just not good ones. Like, the best one that they probably signed, and like, not even in probably not even in the like the Lamar era. Like, I think you have to go all the way back to probably like fucking Steve Smith. Like, that was probably like their best like like signing, like like of a wide receiver in like probably like the past decade. And like yeah, 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 like the Ravens are a team that like that go out to get receivers. Like, like I, I don't even think like that they have like I don't remember how I I I don't remember like how long you like it was like for them to like have a thousand yard receiver. I don't remember how fucking long it was. I mean, they have Mark Andrews, but he's the tight end. Yeah, he's technically not a wide receiver. But but yeah, but Odell, Odell hopefully like. We all know that this is just like, like the Ra- like a Ravens like one of their last hopes to like try to sway Lamar back, because you know he wants like he wants people to help him with receiver. You know he hasn't had any his best receiver like and not counting Mark Andrews has probably been like fucking Hollywood Brown. Like this is not good there, and he also wants D Hop too, which is like uh, I don't know about that one. But let's we'll see. Who knows? I think Odell could make a good imp- could make a good impact. I don't know because he's coming off an ACL tear and is in his I think early thirties. Uh, yeah, 
Yes, I believe now, yeah. Yep, and that's like he's approaching the age where where his, his fucking quickness and speed and route running is going to diminish a bit. So we'll so we'll see if if he's gonna have Lamar as his quarterback or Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, certainly this uh, like has to, you know, at least a a little bit Lamar would want to come back. I mean, he obviously is looking for the new contract. He's probably gonna hold out if he doesn't get it. And who we're going to talk about, a special guy, just got paid the highest paid in NFL history now. So, yeah, he's a quarterback. So the QB market, it's only going to keep going up. So, you know, we're going to see what Lamar finally ends up getting. But, um, you know, it's a I think it's a great move for the Ravens. You get a guy like Odell who, I mean, was one of the best receivers in the league. But now we're going back four or five years ago. And, you know, when he was with the Rams, I mean, he was great with the Rams. And, like, the couple games he played there, obviously in the Super Bowl, he was on pace to win Super Bowl MVP. So, like, I mean, there's that. And, okay, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? Draymond Draymond Green just stepped on Sabonis and just got a technical foul. All right, anyway, like, yeah, but... He was great with the Rams. He was bound to win Super Bowl MVP if only he didn't tear his ACL. So now he lands with the Ravens, and, well, we'll see if he has Lamar Jackson as his quarterback because I remember in the press conference he said uh, he doesn't know and there's no guarantee if uh, he's going to be the quarterback or not. I mean, yeah, they not really – I don't really expect him to be like, oh, yeah, Lamar's going to be here. Yeah, Lamar's going to be here, like all that shit, you know. It's it's basically like a coin flip at this point if Lamar's gonna come back or not. Like I think you would agree with that. Yeah. I like. I don't know. I'm uh, with this like with this signing. I'm guessing I'm leaning a little towards yes, a little, but I don't know. He wants D Hop as well, which I don't, if it's for too much, then uh, I don't know, man. But we'll just see how that goes and who his quarterback's gonna be. Yeah, we got to see him. But, man, if it's Tyler Huntley, I don't know. I probably wouldn't expect Odell to be that, like, you know, back to his old self. Yeah, that does it with Odell and how he finally signed with the Ravens. So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, NFL-related, and that is Buda Baker right here. Buda Baker, uh, I believe we're going on three, four, five days ago now has requested a trade from the Arizona Cardinals, but apparently he requested a trade months ago. So, yeah, we're just now hearing about it. And, well, you know, he's one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, He wants a new contract. Yeah, I think he has two years remaining on his deal. He reportedly wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. I don't know if he really deserves that, but, you know, we'll see uh, wherever he gets traded to if that team is going to give him that contract. And... You know, I was I was talking to our friends right here. I was talking to John and I was talking to our friend Marco. And I said my prediction was that he was going to land with the reigning NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think and I'm still going to predict that even though they just paid a special, you know, you know who. So I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, like 
uh, I still think they're going to try and go get a trade. I think Howie Roseman, you know, he's one of the best GMs in the league, and he wants to go trade for safety after they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Lions. So, and uh, also, also, what's the other guy's name? I'm, I'm like forgetting. The, the guy that signed with the Raiders. Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps, yeah. So they basically have no safeties. So, hey, yeah, I think they could okay. use a guy like Buda. What? Hey, Reed Blankenship was good for for the few games he played. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, oh, shit, Draymond Green just got ejected. Because <laughs> uh, he stepped on Sabonis, and he's literally jogging the locker room. Okay, then. What well, looks like the Warriors are probably going to lose this. But... Uh, do you mean, like, what you did to Steven Adams? No, like he, uh, Sabonis fell to the ground and uh, Draymond just like stepped on him. He stepped on his stomach. Gee, what the fuck, man? Bro, bro. <laughs> what Sabonis was at first a technical and then they put it to, and now he got ejected. Bro, fucking Sabonis has, has just not been having a good, a good, like his body's just not having a good night. Yeah, but the Kings are still winning at this current point, so let's see if they keep it up there. Steph's going to shoot a random free throw i guess there's a technical called on the kings as well all right then all right but anyway yeah back to buddha baker yeah i'm gonna predict that he lands with philadelphia that's my prediction they're gonna land one of the best safeties in the league after trading for cj last year they're gonna trade for buddha baker and then they're gonna give him a contract extension that they probably would have gave cj but they're gonna give buddha this time so yeah, Buda Baker, like you know, has broken out to be one of the best safeties in the league. You know, probably like one of the younger ones. So, like like he's entering his prime, or or not in his prime already. And he and just like Adam said, he wants a new contract, and all that shit. He wants to. And I I heavily disagree with with like the narratives that's going on because like he's been like liking tweets that that like that like the narrative of of that he wants to be the highest paid safety is like what the team was like is the team narrative like what the cardinals are saying but like he just wants to win he wants to go to a team that's a playoff team and and for teams that need safety there's really not that many like in particularly like like maybe Bengals. they lost jesse bates maybe you can plug him in and von bell yeah (laughs) whatever i don't know but yeah like i like adam said there's philly there's also san diego who 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 needs who needs a safety because you're utterly shockingly retired at a young age. Oh, Los and, Angeles, yeah. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like 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 last like the Chargers possibly could be another spot. Like, who knows? He just wants to go to a team uh, that is a winning team. I'm guessing he means like a playoff team. So maybe maybe like maybe Dolphins as well. Maybe I don't know, but I wanted to be Philly, but I'm it's kind of slim. It's kind of slim with like how the money is gonna work. I would, I, uh, oh yeah, I remember like our friend Marco. He was like trade the tenth pick, and I was like, what? I was like, what the? F-? Yeah, <laughs> crazy shit. I don't think he's gonna go for a first. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think he, I think a late first, like a third, like the thirtieth pick, like I, I would be okay with that. But, but yeah, I mean, fucking Hollywood Brown could trade for a first round for a mid first rounder. So who knows, man? Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just probably Philly. Like, it probably has the best chance, but I don't know. But we'll see. Time will tell. Absolutely. 
Holy shit, Steph Curry is so good. All right, anyway, <laughs> we got a tie game in Sacramento. But anyway, let's move on to our next and uh, next topic. And let me see if I have it here. There he is. All right, it's time to talk about, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, well, we're now talking about that man who is now the highest paid player in NFL history quarterback of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, agrees to a deal five years, $255 million, becoming the highest paid player in NFL history. And wow, that's all I got to say. Wow. And wow, because Steph Curry just missed a three. All right. Um, yeah, this is now the highest paid contract in NFL history. Jalen Hurts, the highest paid player. It's around $51 million a year, so he gets $179 million in total guarantees, and then including a $110 million fully guaranteed uh, at the signing, and then $126.5 million fully guaranteed by March of next year. So, And also the first no-trade clause in Eagles history, which I was pretty surprised to hear. So, yeah, the 24-year-old Jalen Hurts from being benched in the, uh, the national championship back in, I believe, it was 2018 with Alabama to now become the highest-paid player in NFL history. Wow. I'm going to let you speak about it more because this is your quarterback. But, yeah, that's all I got to say. Wow. Really shocking news here. Yeah, like J- Jalen Hurts, like, you know, he's come a long way since. So- like since he was benched at, like in the national title from from Alabama, which which has you know birthed the story of Tua, but but yeah, so Jalen Hurts like came from a second round pick, you know, like controversial a controversial pick at the time, you know, I didn't like that, I didn't like that pick. You were laughing at that pick. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I didn't like the pick at the time, and and he and then he fucking. Came in for Carson Wentz that one game. He did kind of shit that that year. <laughs> I didn't like. I still didn't like him. I was sold on him. And then he did a little bit better. And I still was kind of sold, but but not really. And then this you know, last year was fucking amazing. Like like Jalen Hurts like worth work ethic and, and and like yeah, just as like worth ethic is just just so fucking good. I think. I think top two, top three, top two, top three quarterback worth that dick. Like, like he's just, he's just so good. Like, he'll keep, he's gonna keep improving too. Like, like, like maybe like we can see like his deep, deep accuracy get better. Hopefully, that's kind of wishful thinking. But yeah, I, I think he deserves his contract, contract because, because you know he, he's done amazing things here, like ever since he got drafted, and, and like he led to the Super Bowl, had an MVP type season. Um, all that shit, you know. The guy, great team ar- around him, and, and yeah, he des- I, I think he deserves it. And plus, and plus, probably like in a year, he's not going to be like the highest paid quarterback, uh, like next year's next offseason. So I'm okay with it. And plus, the contract is is really is really good too. Like he's not going to like next year it's going to be like eight, and then sixteen mil. This is like it's going to keep going up, but not by but not by that much, which is really really good. And will help the Eagles with their cap flexibility. And yeah, I, I love the contract. I think he deserves it. Yeah, 
now with the QB market, we're going to see guys like Lamar, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. We're going to just wait and see what their contracts are going to be now that Jalen Hurts just got this contract. So, man, the QB market is about to go crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, John, it's time to move on to our mock draft. All right, this will be our second mock draft that we have made. And like we said, the draft is only, what, 10, 11 days away. So, yep, yep. it's time to create our another mock draft. And to be honest, we don't even know if this is going to be our final one. Yeah, maybe not. You'll have to wait and see, you know. Stay tuned. All right. Anyway, uh, we're going to do it like how we did last time. If you remember, um, you had the even picks. I had the odd picks. So now we're going to go reverse. I'm going to go with the odd pick. Wait, no. Fuck. I'm going to go with the even picks. You're going to go with the odd picks. Okay. So you are on the clock with the Carolina Panthers now because the last time, now they have the number one overall pick. Yeah, they traded up with the fucking Bears, but if you listen to the others, you'll already know that. But anyway, yep. So with the so with the Panthers' number one overall pick, you know they obviously need a fucking quarterback, and we 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 are going to draft one for them. And uh, I and uh, before we start off, like it's going to be like mostly as like our picks are mostly going to be like what would we do slash like realistic. So like we're going to take like character issues into consideration, and we're only saying that because of fucking one player. But yeah, so I think so. With the number one overall pick, I have the Carolina Panthers taking Bryce Young, QB out of Alabama. You know they need a quarterback. You know they same Donald, the same Donald Arrow didn't work out. Like like they're just they just been searching for quarterbacks ever since they cut Cam Newton. Like they had fucking um Kyle Allen play games, which is oh Jesus. Like PJ Walker too is just it's just not good. So hopefully they can find their franchise guy right here in Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baker as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, with the second overall pick, I have the Houston Texans selecting CJ Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. And well, the Texans need a quarterback as well. Apparently, recent reports are they're not fully committed on quarterback, which I think is ridiculous if that is true. Uh, you have a top two pick, so you're guaranteed either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, or if you if you want to be that guy, take Anthony Richardson, which I wouldn't blame you. But, yeah, I mean, you for sure can have a quarterback. I don't see why they wouldn't pick a quarterback after the play from Davis Mills, even Tyrod Taylor over these past couple seasons. So... Yeah, I, I mean, they fully need a quarterback. Davis Mills was not the answer. They've been at the bottom of the league for the past couple seasons now. They traded away Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, it's time for a quarterback. And I have them selecting CJ Stroud, who, whose ceiling, I think, uh, is that Georgia game that he played. I think he can be that good in the NFL. All right, so with the third overall pick, I have the Arizona Cardinals selecting the Will Anderson, edge out out of Alabama, and before I even talk about this, who like I seen some fucking mock drafts. Like I don't, I forgot who it was, but like some people were fucking mocking Will Anderson to like fall like out of the top five and even out of the top ten, which is fucking crazy. Like I want your opinion on that. Yeah, that is crazy. But like, like we saw. That is pretty crazy to me. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Okay. I, um. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to me. Like, uh. 
I mean, for me, he's the second best player in the draft. And uh, I think that's absolutely crazy how he doesn't at least go in the top 10. Even out of the top five is a little crazy to me because, you know, he's that good of a player. You know, he's he was dominant at Alabama, mostly in his in his freshman year. So now, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, obviously this could be a trade down spot. I mean, there's been a ton of rumors of that, but we didn't do trades in ours. So, um, I mean, they need an edge. They just lost, like, Zach Allen. They lost J.J. Watt, guys like that, over this offseason. So, uh yeah, it's time for another defensive player. And Will Anderson, you get yourself a stud. Uh, okay, you just cut. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, you just go then. All right. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, Indianapolis is next, number four. And I have them selecting Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. And, well, Anthony Richardson, I think, is the most physically gifted quarterback in this draft class. He's a candidate with an arm. He just needs to work on that accuracy. So, I mean, I think, yeah, like I said, he's the most physically gifted quarterback. He can scramble as well. He only played one year, remember that. But he has all the physical tools to become a great quarterback in the league. My comparison for him is Cam Newton. And, well, yeah, I th- I think he he definitely has the potential to be like Cam Newton, like an MVP, because he has all the traits you want in a quarterback. So yeah. All right. So with the fifth overall pick, I have the Seattle Seahawks taking Tyree Wilson, edge out of, out of Texas Tech. You know, just like the Cardinals, it's just like a best best player available. Like, you know, like, you're not going to get, like, like the top quarterbacks. Like, you're not going to get, like, ma- like maybe if you want to, maybe if you think Will Levis is that good for some reason. Like, like you could take him. But 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 for, I have Seattle taking, like, obviously an edge because, you know, they fucking need one. Because, Jesus Christ, that deep of the line is terrible. Like, it's just fucking terrible. Like, I remember, like, Carla, like, fucking, like, Carlos Dunlap starting in, like, in, like, 2023. Like that's just not this is not good there, and but like in that in that run defense is just fucking atrocious. So they need they so we get an edge right here and and we'll I almost said Tyree Wilson and and I didn't pick Jalen Carter because you know some there's been some character concerns with 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 him. I mean y'all know that, but yeah, but but yeah, that's that's probably why. Well, you didn't pick Jalen Carter at the number five pick, but I picked him number six at the Detroit Lions. Well, in my opinion and most, he is the best player in the draft. Obviously, he has some off-the-field issues, you know, going on right now, which will, you know, we took into consideration, and that's why we had him falling a little bit. But I couldn't have the best player in the draft go, you know, outside the top ten. And, you know, the Lions, I think they would go best player available here because you know they are on the fridge of being a playoff team you know they play in not so great of a division and well getting a guy like Jalen Carter on your defensive line to go along with Romeo Cora and Aiden Hutchinson and guys like that I mean it's pretty damn good if you ask me bolster the defense which was terrible last year so hopefully you get a star like Jalen Carter to add and hopefully your defense improves. So yeah, I just couldn't have him fall like, you know, after after like outside the top ten. 
All right, so with the seventh pick in the NFL in the fucking draft, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders take Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. You know, the Raiders have are kind of in a weird spot right now because they have, I they kind of are in a win now mode because like, like they're making some signings like that. They signed some like Mark Steps to fill like people like Mark Steps um, and I'm fucking forgetting the rest, but like to fill to fill some of those holes and primarily on defense. And and I and it's kind of weird because you know they did cut Derek Carr, their franchise quarterback, since 2013, right? I believe around there, yeah. Yeah, he's he's been their guy for, for almost ten for basically a decade now, and they're moving on from him. And you know, with with teams that need quarterbacks, that like they tend to reach a lot, so that they can draft one and hopefully develop one like that's why fucking Hendon Hooker is, pro- is probably gonna in some mocks go- going in the first round that's just like crazy though but yeah Will Levis like even though they have Jimmy G which which we all know he's just gonna be a bridge quarterback for who the hell they're gonna draft if it's gonna be a quarterback this year or next year it's gonna be someone so like we're gonna take one here because I'm assuming they're gonna get quarterback and yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I could definitely see him doing that. Well, it looks like this Warriors and Kings game is pretty much over. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next pick, and that is the Atlanta Falcons, and I am selecting Christian Gonzalez, the first corner off the board out of Oregon. Christian Gonzalez, in my opinion, is the best corner in the draft, and, well, they have a pretty good corner already, Atlanta, and A.J. Terrell, who had a down year this year, but we all know last year was fucking amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember they brought in Casey Hayward. That didn't work. So, you know, get yourself a second corner to go alongside A.J. Terrell, and, well, you can uh, form a pretty good cornerback group right there with those two. So, Yeah. All right, so with the fuck, I forgot. With the ninth pick in the NFL draft, I have the Chicago Bears taking Devon with. And before I say this, I don't, I don't know if it's Devon or Devon, so I'm just gonna say how, how I think it is. Devon Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois. You know the Bears, just like the Seahawks, just like the Seahawks and Falcons, like some, like some of these teams in the draft at the top right now. They're just going best player available because because they don't need a quarterback or the top court or the quarterbacks already taken so they're just gonna go best player available. So Devon Witherspoon, I I'm I I think that he he's slightly the better cornerback in my opinion. I think his game is gonna translate more to to a pro level. I think like he's probably like the safest cornerback to pick out of all these. Uh, and the fucking Bears need, need corner besides Jalen Johnson. You know they need they need defense. So so I have him going to Chicago. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see it. And then moving on, you are next. I forgot actually. Yeah. With the tenth overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles that took Lucas Van Ness, edge out of Iowa. You know I'm not like cute. I'm not hugely in love with Lucas Fitness because besides like besides like him, Tyree Wilson and, and like Will Anderson, I'm not really like in love with like a lot of the edges in this draft. But the we Eagles need an edge because you know they need some 
edged up because they did lo- they are going to lose some people. They almost lost Brandon Graham, but and and plus, I I think it'd be kind of ridiculous to take Brian Branch at this pick. So, so I'm taking Lucas Venus. We need we need some edge. The Eagles need some edge depth, and and yeah, this, I think it would be a good play. I think he'll fit well in in Philly. And yeah, you're up again. It's my pick. me again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, with the eleventh pick in the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans take Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver at Ohio State. You know the the, the Titans need wide receivers. You know, like like with with whoever the fuck's their quarterback, the quarterback's gonna be if it's Ryan Tan, if it's Ryan Tannehill or or Malik Willis, probably Malik Willis, but who knows? Like they cut like they cut Robert they cut Robert Woods fucking. In, Wait, yeah, and and then they trade a and then they trade AJ, AJ Brown. They basically have like no one up here right now, so it's kind of it's kind of bad for them at, at the wide receiver room for them. So we'll draft the best wide receiver available in the draft. At, at JSN who did amazing in Ohio State, just amazed everyone, everyone, and and hope and I think he'll be like possibly like I think he'll definitely be a, a wide receiver number one. All right, well, Jim, before I make the next pick, the Sacramento Kings have took a 2-0 lead in the series. And apparently, this is the first time Steph Curry has ever trailed 0-2 in a playoff series. Wow. (laughs) But, yes, they take it 2-0 going back to the Bay Area. So, damn, all right. Warriors down 2-0. That's getting a little dicey for them, but... Anyway, moving on, I have the 12th pick, I think. Yeah, with the Texans, and that I have them taking Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU. I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest fan of Quentin Johnson. I'm not being biased when I say that. I just think, like, he needs to work on his stuff, like, after the catch and all that. Like, he is, you know, for a tall receiver, he's not a great contest catch guy. So, yeah, that that concerns me a little bit. But, you know, the Texans need receiver. They brought in Robert Woods. They still have, like, uh, um, I'm honestly forgetting the Texans receivers because they traded Brandon Cooks. But So, yeah, that shows they need a receiver even more. I can't even name any more receivers. So, yeah, I mean, they get a pretty good one. He's still, like, pretty much going to go in the first round. Maybe not this high, but... You know, I think they need wide receiver very badly, and it's not the best wide receiver class like last year. So, yeah, they grab Quinn Johnson here. Okay, so with the fucking 13th overall pick, the New York Jets select Paris Johnson Jr. tackle out of Ohio State. You know, the Jets need, need a tackle because recently, even though they got Mekhi Becton, he's very, very injury-prone. And, and 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 even when he when he even even when he is healthy, Jesus Christ, even when he is healthy, like like that right the right tackle. I forgot who the fuck the right tackle is. He's terrible. He's not good. The Jets will line this game better, but they need to plug in one last spot for for pot for basically Aaron Rodgers. Like I think we all know he's going there, right? Maybe you're at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So like yeah, just plug in one last spot for offensive line to have to have a hopefully a solid offensive line, 
and even and even hopefully a solid player at, at that tackle position when Mackay back to inevitably inevitably gets hurt. So I, I think it's good it's a good spot for him. I agree. And then moving on to their division rival at 14, the New England Patriots. I'm selecting Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State. I really love Joey Porter Jr. I'm, uh, in my opinion, he's the third best corner. I really liked him out of Penn State. You know, the Patriots, they I believe they re-signed Jonathan Jones. Uh, they lost Devin McCourty, a secondary piece to retirement. And, you know, uh, they just don't have the best cornerback group anymore like how they used to. So I think they grabbed themselves a pretty good corner here. Enjoy Porter Jr. Bill Bell. Pretty cool. Okay, I don't know what the fuck happened, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So, All right. With so the, yeah. Sorry. Is it my pick? Uh, no, no, you're good. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, with the fucking 15th pick, the Green Bay Packers select Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. You know, ever since they, they traded Devontae Adams, they really haven't tried to get a good receiver like they got randall cobb like let's say you know they haven't tried and uh, and obviously with, with basically your quarterbacks to be jordan love you need to get a receiver for him that can hopefully be that future wide receiver one and jordan Addison could possibly be that i don't know but they definitely need a wide receiver for him to throw to like christian watson looks 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 okay he's he's pretty he's, he, he's done better in the second half but like but but maybe you can have like him and then Jordan Addison like like there. Like I think that'll be good. Absolutely. Packers drafting a wide receiver in the first round for once. Um moving on. Uh I have the Washington Commanders up next. Oh, yeah, by the way, they got sold for six billion dollars. Forgot about that. But, all right, anyway, I have um taking Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, who I'm pretty sure they'll just move to guard because I think that's where he's going to play in the NFL. You know, he has really small arms and all that, uh, so I think he fits better as a guard. So I think that's what he's going to end up playing. Washington, they need some offensive line. You know, I believe they... They have a oh man the Texas guy what is the Texas guy's name they're right tackle ah uh, they don't have that many good pieces but you know oh my god what is the right tackle out of Texas for oh my god do you remember his name Sam Cosme it's Cosme that's right Sam Cosme so yeah I think they're fine at tackle and and I believe the other side it's uh oh man. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Charles Leno. Yeah, so yeah, put him at guard, and yeah, I think you're looking all right with Washington. All right, with the fucking, I'm forgetting the number, 17th overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. You know, the the Steelers, like, their once great offensive line from from a few years ago, like, like with David DeCastro, Funky, and the Marquise Pouncey, all those guys, they're no longer there. They have a terrible offensive. They have a terrible offensive line now. They did sign James Daniels, which I do like. 
they ha- they do have some pieces. Do have some pieces there? Actually, no, they don't. And, and they did sign Isaac Sayomalu, so which which I like too. And uh, yeah, they they need a tackle because both of them suck. And uh, and Brother Jones would 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 fit that mold perfectly. You can put him at left, put him at right. You can put him like at, at any tackle. I think he'll do good. And, and yeah, he'll he'll feel a huge huge need for the Steelers' offensive line. <laughs> All right, with the next pick, uh, I think it's 18 with the Detroit Lions. I have them taking Kalijah Kansi, the defensive lineman out of Pitt. And, well, Kalijah Kansi, you know, he's been a great player. He's been going up a ton in mock drafts and draft boards and all that. So I also had him doing that, so I have him going higher. And I think to Detroit is fine. I mean, I think they get two defensive linemen, Jalen Carter and Kalijah Kansi. You know, they really need defense because their offense was great last year. So, I mean... Just work on that defense, and I mean, like how I said earlier, they're on the fringe of becoming a playoff team because they play in a horrible division. So yeah, I mean, uh, don't let the Lions get that good of a defense, man. They're gonna go crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So with the 18th overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select. Darnell Wright and and I feel like I pronounce I feel like I pronounced the name wrong. Did I? I don't think so. No. All right. Anyway. Okay. Darnell Wright, tackle out of Tennessee. You know, this is this is a guy that's been rising up draft a lot of draft boards, so, and, and the, the Bucks have a lot of needs right now. They, they need quarterback. All the quarterbacks are gone unless you want to reach Brandon Hooker, which you should not. <laughs> and yes, do, you should not. Yeah, and you do, I, and you do need linebacker now because Devin White also like like requested a trade, but there's no good linebackers in this draft, so you can't do that right now. So, I, so the biggest need right now that with, with any of the first rounders is is offensive line because that was a big, big need. That was a big, big need for them last year. A lot of them got injured, and then and that ended up with Tom Brady just being frustrated and crying like LeBron. <laughs> and and they need someone, and they need someone else other than like Ryan. And they need other people other than like Ryan Jansen and, and Tristan Worth. So we we got them Darnell Ray and, and and he'll probably play right. So I think I think he'll help them. I think he'll help that off the line out. Sure. All right, moving on to Seattle, their second first round pick. I have them taking corner Deontay Banks out of Maryland. So, yeah, this is a very good corner class, as you see. And, well, Deontay Banks out of Maryland, I think he is going to go in the first round. I've seen some other more drafts uh, him out of the first round because the corner class is that good. But Seattle, they're in desperate need of a corner. They cut Sidney Jones, uh, who they signed. Um, at least I think they did. And... Um, yeah, they just really badly need corner after, you know, like their last great one was Sherman. I know they had Shreek one, yeah. And then like uh, Kobe Bryant as well. He was like not actually terrible. He didn't have a terrible rookie year at all. So, I mean, pairing a third corner with them as well. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, we're good though. Okay. I told you that shit was gonna go off for a bit. Okay, we're good. Okay, okay it's my pick then. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. All right, so with the twenty-first pick in the NFL draft, I have the the uh, almost at San Diego Los Angeles Char- Chargers taking Miles Murphy edge out of out of Clemson. You know that, you know the Chargers like even though that they need they need defense like they need defense and and like run and like even though like fucking Austin Eckler like like requested a trade which to be honest I don't know if it's if that's gonna happen if that's if anything's gonna happen with that really because and I'm I haven't heard any team take interest in him like have you? Okay. So sorry so. And, and even though they did get Khalil Mack, and they still do have Joey Bosa, that that fucking defense line still disappointed because, and yeah, just like some of them disappointed. Khalil Mack kind of disappointed and was injured. Joey Bosa was injured as well. Smash Joseph Day, he disappointed. So hopefully Miles Murphy can help that and be better than J- Jerry Tillery. He will. He will be better than Jerry Tillery. <laughs> that that's a fact. All right, anyway, moving on with the Baltimore Ravens. Next, I have them taking a prospect I like a lot. Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. In my opinion, I don't know if you consider a hot take or not. He is my number two wide receiver in the draft over Jordan Addison and over Quentin Johnson because Jack Smith and Jake was number one and so I'm close. All right, anyway, but yeah, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Well, it's pretty easy pick to me because he fell this far. The Ravens straight up need a wide receiver. I know they signed Odell, but you know, I mean, you want weapons for Lamar to come back. You draft him a good receiver like Zay Flowers. So, yeah, that's basically the point of this. I mean, if a good receiver like like him falls, you take him with this pick to, to help Lamar out. Uh, all right. <laughs> Okay, so but, all right, so with the twenty-third overall pick in the NFL draft, I had the Minnesota Vikings taking Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. You know, this is this is the guy right here that that has been really rising up draft boards recently. Like Nolan Smith, like like the Vikings like need a fucking edge because you know they, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson. They they're gonna they're probably gonna cut um or. Or they're, I can't remember if they already did it already, but they're probably going to lose Zadarius Z- Z- Smith, and, and they they lose Eric Kendricks. So that defense is kind of falling apart right now, and you kind of need the best player available at defense. And I think that's Nolan, Nolan Smith, and I think will help out the edge and hopefully be a, re- a good replacement for 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 fucking um Zadarius Smith and 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 help fucking Daniel Hunter because Jesus Christ, he's just alone in that defensive line. For real. All right, yeah. Moving on. Next, I have Jacksonville, which I believe this is 24. And I have the first tight end going off the board, and that is Dalton Kincaid for me, the tight end out of Utah. I know they have Evan Ingram. They franchise tagged him, I believe, but I don't think he signed it yet. So I think with that, 
they're going to take a tight end here in Dalton Kincaid. You know, they can let Evan Ingram walk next year or whatever he plans to do. So, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, he's probably the tight end one. I think I have him 1A and 1B with Michael Mayer. I really can't decide he's the number one. But, yeah, Dalton Kincaid, he's a great tight end. Uh, I'll get Trevor Lawrence another weapon because, you know, he still doesn't have, like, the best weapons, you know, outside of, like, Christian Kirk. And so you get him a good tight end. I mean, Jacksonville, they made it to the divisional round last year. says they can't go further. All right. So with the 24th pick, I think I... It's just 25. I think it was 24. Okay, yeah. With the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the New York football giant... The New York football giants selected Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. You know, they did lose the Giants defense. Maybe the the Giants core players kind of maybe falling, maybe kind of leaving right now because Dr. Lawrence is holding out, Saquon's holding out, and and there's no way in hell that they're going to drop Bijan because that would probably just make things worse for Saquon. I think you would agree with that. But I'm not ruling it out. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) <laughs> but the but the and, and the fucking Giants like they lost Julian Love as well and they need a safety because Bobby McCain sucks. I don't care what anyone says he sucks. He's one of the worst safeties in the league. And even if you for some reason want to start him, you can put him, you can put him on a slot corner because Giants quarterbacks and cornerbacks suck suck right now. And yeah. Like, like you, you like put him at put him at slot corner or put him at safety. He'll play those positions, and I think he'll do well. It looks will do well there at the at that position at those positions. Uh, next is my Dallas Cowboys with the twenty sixth pick, I believe, and I have them because with all the rumors right now, um, I'm gonna go along with those rumors, and I have them taking Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Well, although I do love our tight end right now and Jake Ferguson because we did lose Dalton Schultz to the Texans, I believe. Uh, Michael Mayer is a great tight end, like I said, 1A, 1B with him and Dalton Kincaid for me. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at the pick. Um, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but, like, you know, I feel like there might be some other needs, but I'm going to have him go Michael Mayer. They get a good tight end, and, well, we have a little two tight end sets with Jake Ferguson and Michael Mayer. All right. So with the fucking 27th pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Anthony Harrison tackle out of Oklahoma. You know, the Buffalo Bills, like this is just my opinion. I don't know if, I don't know if you, you would agree. And plus they signed Damian Harris. So they kind of rules out one, one person I think their biggest need right now is offensive line. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think, but 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 yeah, that's what I think. And the offensive line terribly cost them in the playoffs. Josh Allen is, was under a lot of pressure in, in the playoffs, and even in most of the regular season too, he was under a lot of pressure. The offensive line sucked. Besides like Deion Dawkins and, and Mitch Morris, but they did sign David Edwards and Carmen Goffin to help with that. But I don't think it'll help that much. They need to tackle really badly, so I and you don't want Spencer Brown starting, so so you put in, I think Anton Harrison could, is going to help with that with that shit. So yeah. 
And then moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals at 28. I have them taking a, I don't know if you consider it a wild card or not. I have them selecting Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. And well, why do I have them picking Bijan? That is because um, <laughs> Joe Mixon is in some trouble as well. So, yeah, he's in some trouble for some stuff we won't get into. But uh, I do believe at the end of the day, he'll probably be cut. Even if he wasn't in this drama, I think he should be cut anyway. I don't think he's anything special at all at the running back position. But this man, B. John Robinson, is special. I know the Bengals do not have the best offensive line, but working in the Bengals' offense, you know, having Joe Burrow as your quarterback – I think you're going to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year, especially because how Bijan is as a running back. He just moves through the tackles just so well and all that. Makes people miss and look stupid trying to tackle him. So, yeah, I mean, consider it a wild card pick if you want. I got Bijan going to the Bengals. With the 29th pick in the NFL draft, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Brian Brisset, defensive lineman out of Clemson. You know the Saints, like they're they're mostly good on offense. Like 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 I don't think they need offense. They need a lot of defense. Like they basically their whole defense basically got cut. Like they lost Marcus Davenport and they lost like most of their fucking defense to when they had like negative a hundred million dollars in cap space. I remember remember that. <laughs> yes. Which that's still fucking also a little sidetrack. It's still mind-boggling to me how they how they how they got some cap room and still signed some people that year. That's just crazy. But but anyway, they they did lose Marcus Davenport to to Minnesota, which is that way that's correct, right? Yes, that's correct. So. So it's basically just Cam Jordan's just alone there. Like Payne Turner's nothing special. I think you could agree with that too, Adam. Like he's nothing special. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. So hopefully you can get an upgrade from Payne Turner and get Brian Brisset. You know, he'll help out. He'll hopefully help out Cam Jordan because he's basically alone in that defensive line. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you are next up as well. Okay. And. I, with the 30th pick in the NFL draft, I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. You know, the Eagles, even though they, they did sign Rashad Penny to a, a surprisingly really cheap deal, their running back position is still not certain because he's very injury prone. And and personally, I'm good with, with Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott playing, but but a lot of mock drafts and a lot of people inside with the Eagles have them taking a running back, whether, whether it's going to be Bijan with the 10th pick, or, or if he's taken, take Jameer Gibbs with this pick. And and since we already have Bijan taken, I think they're going to take Jameer Gibbs and be that be that probably running back number two. That's what I'm guessing. And and hopefully he'll be better than, than Miles Sanders because no matter what you say, Adam, he was not a bad running back. He's a bad running back. Uh, anyway, with the last pick, in the mock draft of ours, <laughs> at number 31, I have the Kansas City Chiefs selecting 
Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. Cam Smith was probably, like, cornerback one on everyone's boards for, like, the start of the season. He's now falling because of, you know, the rise of the cornerbacks in here and how great of class it is. But I do still have him going at the end of the first round. The reigning Super Bowl champions, you know. Uh, they need another corner to go alongside Trent McDuffie and then that secondary as well. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs do get Cam Smith, uh, and, yeah, I mean, they get a pretty good player in him. But, yeah, that does it for our mock draft, and I believe now the next topic we have is, if I move my thing up here, yes, Jorge, so... Uh, it's time to talk about this was 287 and are you going to go over the uh, main card right you said yeah I'll go over the main you want to start out with the Raul and Christian yeah but first off I'm going to name some like some noble performances and one noble fight like fucking I think Michelle Watson Gomez should have won should have be Luana Pinheiro I don't know I, I definitely probably butchered that name Joe Pfeiffer had an amazing knockout over over Jared Mershaw. That's that Philly power that he has in him. <laughs> so that was, that was a really good knockout by him. Fucking, um, is there anyone else? And, and 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 we had an amazing fight between Chris Curtis and Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum, where, where it was just a fun fight overall. Kelvin won, and Chris Curtis says he wants to fight him again. So whatever. That was a fun fight. I think that one fight of the night, right? I believe so. All right. So with the first card, fucking okay. With the first fucking fight, I'm gonna talk about Raul Rosas Jr. His hype train has derailed for now because he lost to Christian Rodriguez and, and it, okay by unanimous decision. Probably, I think if I remember it's correctly, thirty twenty-seven. Basically, like Raul was just trying to grab with him, like all fight. Like he was using a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking like his stamina, like in the early, like it was. Yeah, it it was three twenty-seven. Okay, all all right. So, so he's just using like a lot of his fucking stamina, like like in the first couple of grappling like not. No, sorry. It was all 20. Okay. So, so yeah, you're just using a lot of the stamina, like in the early grappling, grappling sequences, showing a very low fight IQ. And Christian Rodriguez took advantage of that. He's, he's a good grappler himself. It's just he has terrible takedown defense, but... It wasn't that it wasn't it was really good against Raul, you know, like he outstruck him and basically outrusted him the whole match, and and, and yeah, and yeah, he got the he got the he, he got the win, a good win by Christian Rodriguez, definitely the biggest win of his career, and and I think and hopefully this will be like a learning a learning experience for Raul, you know, he is eighteen, maybe that will slow down his talks of wanting to be the of wanting to be the youngest champion ever, but yeah, hopefully he'll be he'll learn from this. All right, next up, you got Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. This was mostly a boring fight, you know, like, it was just, like, it was really technical, but, like, like nothing was really happening. Like, Santiago was mostly getting the, be- mostly getting the better of him with his right hand and, and, his, and his jab. 
But but when but when Kevin but when Kevin was hitting when it was hitting Santiago, it was he was hard. He was going down. He was rocked. Like all that shit. Like the power was that equalizer. And when Santiago threw a kick, Kevin caught it and and threw and threw an amazing left hook that that completely just 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 put him put him out and and got Kevin a hole in that win, which is just crazy because he's he gets that much power from 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 places you don't expect it. Like like if you want another example, like watch the fight with Jacare. All right, and now in the bantamweight division, and now in the fucking division again, the next fight, Rob fought, knocked out Adrian Yanez in, in the first in three minutes. This was a very fun fight, you know. They're going back and forth, like and it was basically like an, an exciting boxing match, you know, like 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 Rob's jab was was working, Adrian Adrian's hooks were getting to Rob, you know. It was like a very like even like brawl, <laughs> like that's what it was, and, and, until. Until Rob finally caught me with this amazing right hook that start started off with his jab, and and completely put the lights out of Adrian Yanez, and and knocked him out. And Rob Font got got an amazing win, performed the one performance of the night, and it was well deserved. Amazing knockout and his first win, and I think in like almost two years, so it's good for him. And we got the co-main event, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. I, I don't know about you, but I was a little disappointed by the fight because, like, I, I was expecting, like, a finish, you know, like, especially with, like, Gilbert's past performances, you know, he, he steamrolled through Neil Magny. Um, he, like, fucking, he, he was in an amazing fight with Hamza. He, 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 he outstruck, he, he out-wrestled fucking... Stephen Thompson, he was going to have some great performances, and, and like with Gilbert, it just kind of, it kind of felt like he little. I want him some more, like you know what I mean, like, like he was definitely better, like like he was getting better. He was obviously out wrestling him, even though it was a lot harder than I thought it would it, it would be, which is kind of which is kind of disappointing from Gilbert, but but yeah, especially with the with the insane BJJ pedigree he has, and he mostly outstruck him. Jorge really like Jorge really had no answers for. For Gilbert, like he showed, he just showed to be the completely better, better fighter in all aspects of mixed martial arts, except for kicks, which Jorge has that down immediately. And after Gilbert won, and and we we did the post fight interview, and the fucking Jorge announced he retired. So that that that's like that, just congratulations to him on a great career, man. Like. Like 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 coming up from like from being street street Jesus, you know, fight, fighting Kimbo Slice proteges, like like going on to Bellator and fighting Gilbert, Gilbert Melendez, to 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 having that flying knockout of Ben Askren, that amazing knockout uh, of Darren Till, the Nate Diaz destruction, the the the, the quote unquote toe bar on on Jake Ellenberger, you know, a lot of a lot of iconic moments from from Jorge Masvidal. Like even when he when he lost too, like in 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 this fight with Al Iaquinta, which most people think he wa- thought he won, he 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 got this line that was that, that was that was kind of like iconic, you know. Besides like the three, you know, like the three piece in the soil, it was kind of forgotten, you know. Where where he said where he said like they treated me like a Seven Eleven. So like he had some good lines. He, he was on an all around entertaining character. He was always real with who he was. You know, he always fight. He was fighting the best of the best. Uh, 
and just congratulate congrats to Jorge on retirement. You know, he he has his organization to to worry about now. He has a lot of money. He doesn't need to do this anymore. And good for him to 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 kind of retire on top. You know. And now, okay, okay. And now in the main event, which boy, oh boy, did I get this so right, Adam. <laughs> Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya, in the which was a rematch of their match in in November of last year, where Alex Pereira knocked out Izzy in the fifth round, stealing again his third win over him, and. And everything was going downhill for Izzy in terms of like the media, like his confidence wasn't shaken and all that. But but everyone was saying like everyone was saying like this is his boogeyman, like he can't beat him. But like 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 everything that he's worked for in the UFC, like the cards he built, what that house of cards, you know, it fell off. You know, like it was completely gone. Like after after that knockout to, to Pereira, you know, everything that he's done, like those those five title defenses, that that war that war with Kelvin Gastelum, that knockout. Of Derek Brunson, that amazing fight with Anderson Silva, the knockout of Robert Winker, like all those things were completely gone after after Pereira knocked him out, and and so for Izzy to come out like this, for to come out with, like in the press conference with with a dog collar and saying saying I'm gonna leash a dog in me, which is to be honest, it was kind of it was kind of cringe, <laughs> very yeah. cringe, yeah. Yeah, it was it was up there with, with that with that zesty ask with, with that zesty question of, of of this guy saying this guy asking Kamaru is fighting beautiful, which that was so zesty, man. <laughs> uh, you remember that, Adam? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> but but yeah, so so the fight came, the fight was was on like 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 the the press conference was fun. They were going back and forth over each other, and then the fight co- goes on, you know. You know, Izzy comes in with with this beautiful with with the beautiful blue, and then Alex with the champ shorts on, looking good as well. And like for the most part, like it went like opposite the of like how the first fight went. You know, like the leg kicks were getting to Izzy. Alex Pereira was was looking like the better striker in there for for the first like round and a half for like the first round and I think two minutes. And what like the leg kicks were getting him and you're getting to him. He was establishing 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 his jab well and, and overall become being the better striker than, than Izzy in those rounds. But then when when Pereira tra- got like trapped out of Sonya and then did a leg kick that looked like it hurt him a lot. He he can he says he baited him, but I don't know. But he he was kinda of teeing off on him, throwing hooks, throwing body shots, throwing knees. And then, and then Adesanya th- throws, throws a jab, th- throws a throws a left jab, straight jab, and then, then a right overhand, a powerful right overhand that rocked, that that rocked Pereira, but that didn't phase him. He still kept going, and he did the same shit again, and and then knocked him out out cold. He was asleep. Is is he did one hammer fist and it was over, <laughs> like that was just fucking crazy, you know, like. Like he didn't respect the power of Adesanya, and that's what happens if you don't respect someone's power. Like, you know, like they'll just knock you out. What? Like, look at Jorge. Like, I'm sorry to say this, but like, look at Jorge against Kamaru. <laughs> like, 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 look at that fight where like Jorge was calling him was saying Kamaru had had pillow hands. He has no power, and he and Kamaru just knocked him out. So, 
yeah so so that's what so so learn from like the so if you're a fighter if and if you're listening to this podcast or just like taking any any way from anything away from from this fight at all respect to everyone's like always respect someone's power because you you don't know you you don't know if someone has the power to knock you out that's all i'm gonna say and 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 that happened like is you had that amazing celebration with that iconic picture and 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 he did like the and and, and he did the Jorge thing to Ben Askren where where he actually reacted not knocked out, and he did that to Alex Perez's son, which a lot of people were mad at Izzy for, but I I, I was and he did that to him like back in kickboxing and and according to Alex he wanted to do that like again to Izzy like after he knocked him out in November but he told him no, so I think he kind of deserved it you know like you get you get what you deserve and all that shit so. Yeah, iconic moment in Izzy's career, probably the most iconic one yet, and probably the best knockout he's ever gotten yet. So, a very, very good, good night for Frada Sonia. You know, he want he's saying he wants to fight in the summer, which if he is, who the fuck is he gonna fight? Drakus? <laughs> who the, the is it? Drakus? Yeah, like that. Like that's the only person who I think could. Yeah, and plus there's kind of a storyline there because you know, like it's a battle for Africa, and and, and um, they they do hate each other. So yeah, but but yeah, iconic iconic knockout from Izzy, you know. And we do got some other fight news, you know. Charles Oliveira pulled pulled out of it, pulled out of it, okay, pulled out of his fight of his scheduled co-main event spot with Benil Dariush on UFC 2, 288. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's right. On 288 and May 6th. I, I still don't know what the injury is. I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't even think you know that, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, like, no one knows, like, what the injury was that, that like, why Charles pulled out. Like, no one still knows, but I guess, it, I guess it's not that significant. I guess, like, it only, like, I guess it wasn't like that much of a problem since they rebooked it for UFC two, two eighty nine in Vancouver. Nunes versus Pena three. For I'm guessing to be the co-main event as well, which is a month later in June. So I guess it's not gonna be that much of a, of a setback. So it just sucks. We 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 have to wait a month longer to see Charles's return, and, and they didn't want to reschedule Benil for to have someone refine Matrona, so they just put him on the next card, which which good which go on them, which go on them UFC good on them. <laughs> and also, and also Gilbert Burns might actually fight again, Adam. <laughs> like, he might fight again, like actually, like he could, <laughs> he wants to fight again, like really, like on, on two eighty eight, which, which if you keep in mind, it's like he fought in two eighty seven the co main event, which. Which by that time it would be like how many weeks? Well, just just like under a month. Yeah, like preparing for a whole fight camp, all that shit against Bilal Muhammad, which it could happen. It might not. It's just a rumor. Like Gilbert want, wants to fight someone, and Bilal also wants to fight someone, and, and they and they could do a short notice fight, like like Komain, like like on two eighty eight. Gilbert doesn't want to catch away, which to be honest, I think they should do a catch away because Jesus Christ, like, like they only have a they they only have like a month to catch to to like, to like cut to cut down to 170, which is gonna take a toll on the body a lot. So yeah, the, the so yeah, who knows what happened with that? And we got UFC fight night news, you know. 
We got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We got UFC Fight Night. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, and uh, and as you can see on the fucking well, actually you can't see. I'm just gonna tell you. Max Holloway did did beat Arnold Allen. I think 49, 46, 49, 46, 48, 47. I think that those are the, the scorecards. Correct. Yeah. yeah. He, he, and I agree with those judges. You know, I had I had a four one max. You know, Arnold was like it was just really a chess match from beginning to end. It was a very technical, fun fight. You know, Arnold's left hand and his power were definitely getting to Max, but Max his his chin is made of of granite or steel. I don't know what that what the hell it's made out of, but he still won't won't fall. He still won't like fall down to a punch. And and he's thrown like three thousand strikes in the UFC, so that's good. That's good. That's good for Max, and he also has never been. He also never been knocked down, so that's a, that's an impressive stat right there. But yeah, it was it was a technical chess match. You know, Arnold's power, Arnold's power, like in his left hand, were were getting to him. Matt Max was doing his usual things, his his usual movement and his combinations, his volume, all that shit. He was doing that a lot, using his kicks as well. It was just a really technical, fun fight. You know, like. Both fighters, you know, play, played a really good game plan. Frost Hobby had a good game plan. Max Holloway's coaches had a good, play, good game plan. I forgot, I forgot the name. That's why I'm saying that. But, but yeah, it was just a really fun fight, you know. Like like Arnold like did did get did lose four to one, but he was hanging in there. Like he belongs in the top five. You know, he was getting Max, he was getting Max with some hard shots, but but Max's chin just held up. You know, he doesn't get rocked by anything. So so yeah, like, like it was just a fun fight all around. Like Ar- like Arnold had a good performance, but it's just but he's going against Max Holloway, which is basically which is basically like the 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 best like number one contender like in the world right now. So yeah. Like so yeah, if you if you like if Arnold would have fought like anyone else in that in that top five, he probably would have beat them. But since he fought Max, he it, his power just couldn't help him there. So yeah. And a good fight for Max Holloway, like, they're talking about him having to fight Korean Zombie for this retirement fight, which, if that's true, he's, um, that's not going to be a good night for Korean Zombie, I'm telling you right now. And, and for Calvin, and I say Calvin, Arnold Allen, uh, maybe, like, I don't know, like, a fight for Arnold Allen, like, he wants to come back, like, and... Maybe like um, pos- a possible like reschedule with Calvin Cater, or like maybe maybe Ilya Taporia if, if he beats Josh Emmett, or a Brian Ortega fight. Like I don't know, but yeah, it was just a fun fight between those two, and and, and yeah, I, I don't know. If that's it for the UFC stuff. <laughs> I really I forgot. Well, we have the huge topic right here. The merger between these two. So, I mean, uh, again, we still don't know, like, too much about it. I think you know a little bit more than I do. But Endeavor, the company that owns the UFC, just bought the WWE uh, for, it was $9.3 I think. It was something, uh, $9 something. And now they're going to combine the organizations into one public company or whatever the hell they're doing. Like, uh, I think you know a little bit more about it, so I'll let you 
discuss. Well, I, well, no, I'm just I, I just want to speak about it from like the UFC standpoint. You can speak about it. From, okay, what the hell is that? From from the WWE standpoint, because like uh, to be honest, that like um, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. I'll let you. I'll let you go first. With the UFC okay. side. Okay. So like basically like for for the UFC side, I don't think it's if you're a UFC fan, like you know, thing you're probably going to be concerned. You should be concerned about is like Vince McMahon be, being basically Dan White's boss, and he's a guy that's historically not been a fan of mixed martial arts. He's he's called it barbaric, which is I don't understand why people call it barbaric, but anyway. But anyway, um. But yeah, he's just not a fan of mixed martial arts, and and he'll be, and I'm just hoping like he won't. I don't think he'll do anything with with UFC. I don't think he's going to touch. Like basically, like if you're okay, so basically, like if you're a UFC fan, it's really sh- nothing like shouldn't concern you that much. Like for, in terms of like how in terms of, like if the fights are going to change, if it's going to be like a more like a WWE style, like like nothing's going to change. What like like. Yeah, just like nothing as much is gonna change for for the UFC standpoint. Like, I, I think that's all I have to say on that. I don't know if you have anything for the WWE side. Yeah, because I think it, this affects the WWE the WWE a lot more than the UFC. Well, now Vince McMahon is probably back in charge. Even though I remember in this article from Bleacher Report, he like emailed the. Uh, the roster of a uh, of WWE stars that uh, Triple H was still in charge of uh, head of creative. So I mean, he's not gonna have a say in that, but he has a say in like all the big things and all that, you know. Like and now like uh, I don't know if this means that any any wrestlers will leave. I doubt it. I doubt any wrestlers will. Uh, leave this the only thing is that now like endeavors like the one company that doesn't provide them health care insurance and all of that so i can understand them being mad at that but i mean i guess from the wwe side i mean like not really too much to change either like i i still don't believe like they're gonna combine and like oh you'll see like ufc people on uh on wwe shows and vice versa so I mean, we'll have to know a little bit more about it, but I don't think anything, like, major, major should be changing. Yeah, like, this is just, like, a, this is just, like, a merger to, like, negotiate, like, TV contracts. Like, like if, like, they both companies, like, want to negotiate with, like, ESPN, NBC, Fox Sports... Like all the like all those shits like it's basically just to get to get them more money all that shit which is okay and whatever it's just I don't know and, and like and like they're gonna create a company called TKO which which could be traded on the stock market which I don't know how the fuck's that gonna work but that's gonna happen so I, I don't know it, it's it's just a whole mess that, that nothing's really came out of yet and. We still don't know a lot about it, and I don't think anyone legally can talk about it yet. So it has to be. I guess we just have to wait to see to understand more. Yeah. All right. All right. That does it with the the UFC stuff, and we will now be moving on to the NBA. All right, the NBA. So you know, I got this one pulled up. So 
let's get uh let's do the award stuff first all right so uh the nba season has finally come to an end and well uh now it's time to award the people that you know were the best so you know we got like mvp defensive player of the year coach of the year etc and all that two of them have been already awarded because like how we said we couldn't record earlier so We'll go over them right now. We'll go over the ones that happened already. And that was, at first, the uh, the coach of the year went to the Kings coach, Mike Brown. And I don't know about you, I completely agree with this one. Whenever the uh, whenever the finalists came out, I was like, okay, yeah, Mike Brown should win it. I think Joe Mazzula was a close second. But Mike Brown, I mean, after just being hired from um, – the Golden State Warriors is their assistant to come over to the Sacramento Kings. He leads the Kings to the number three seed in the Western Conference. And now, uh, you know, a home playoff, like, series against his former team, the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, uh, has a guy like De'Aaron Fox and all of them. They ha- they won, like, what, 45 games or even more, I think. So, I mean, I, I don't think there was any other choice for, for Coach of the Year but Mike Brown. I think he was the clear-cut, like, choice for uh, Coach of the Year. Yeah, I'd agree with you, too. Like, Mike Brown, you know, like, the former Cavs coach that, that was Le- that Coach LeBron to those, to those playoff appearances, you know, did well, got a finals appearance, all that, all that shit, and then got fired, you know, got rehired by the Cavs, and then got fired again. And I became an assistant under Steve Kerr for a long time. Co- coached them in the that's in the. I don't know if it, I don't know if it, I I don't remember if it, if he led them to the if he coached them on the game they won the finals. But I do remember if they, that they coached they coached the game in the finals that they did win. So yeah, he was a big part of those Warriors teams of that Warriors dynasty. I like to add. And and now he got hired by the Kings. You know, done amazing things right there. Number three seed. The first time they got. They, they they made the playoffs in almost sixteen years, you know, that like like that fucking um that that miserable fan base of, of the Kings, you know, they finally got something good, and they have a bright future ahead with Darren Fox, Demonis Sabonis, you know, all those people, like that roster, a lot of depth, a lot of shooting, you know, they have, they have a they have a good future on their hands. Absolutely. And then the other award that already came out, and the winner was Defensive Player of the Year, and that went to the Memphis Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. I also had him winning this award. For the majority of the year, it was Brooke Lopez for me, but then whenever Jaron Jackson Jr. ended the year with three blocks a game, I was like, yeah, okay, they're going to give it to Jaron Jackson Jr. And, well, they did. And... Um, yeah, I don't disagree with it. I mean, he was like a very, very key piece for Memphis, how they're the number two seed, especially those games whenever Jaw was out. So, I mean, like, uh, yeah, he gets three blocks per game, which is insane. I think that's like the first time that's happened since 2016, I think. They get the number two seed, he's averaged like 20 points per game or whatever. He gets like a steal a game as well. So, I mean, it's... It's great stuff from Jaron. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they gave it to him, and I think he deserved it as well. I mean, yeah, I had to go into Evan Mobley because I think he, in my opinion, was the best, but I'm okay. I'm going to go with with Triple J winning it, you know? He's a big part of of, of those Grizzlies teams, you know, along with Taylor Jenkins, 
obviously jaw, you know, like that big, a big defensive centerpiece that they have on their team, you know, very tall for, for the power forward position. And he's fast. He can shoot, you know, he, he provides, he provides a lot of things for, for the Grizzlies and, and, and that's valuable to them. And, uh, and with St- and Steven Adams being injured, which I think he kind of should play center, but they're starting Xavier Tillman and, you know, it's kind of not working out that well, but, but who knows? Like he, he is there. I like it. I'm glad he won it. You know, like he, he, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. And then let's go over with the rest of the awards and then we're going to give who we think will win them. All right. So let's start out with the sixth man of the year. And the candidates are Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis, and Emmanuel Quickly. Well, if you guys remember, I had the start of the year. I remember had Malcolm Brogdon winning this award, and now he's a finalist for the Sixth Man of the Year. And I'm going to stick with my pick and go with Malcolm Brogdon. I think it's the right pick as well. I mean, he led the Boston Celtics to they were the number one seed majority of the year. Then after the the All-Star break, uh, that's when Milwaukee went on like the 17-game win streak or whatever it was that they had. So, yeah, I mean. But Malcolm Brogdon, I think he averaged like 15 off the bench for them. Uh, he's a key part, very, very key part, especially whenever guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go to the bench and all that. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon comes off the bench and just leads the bench crew out there and leads the Celtics to one of the best records in the league again, like how they were last year. So it was a big key addition for them, and then well, he's in the six year the man can, uh, six year six man of the year candidacy. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with my pick and go with Brogdon. Um, this was like a harder one for me to pick, you know, like like to be honest, I didn't th- I didn't think Brogdon would win it. I, like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the hot that's a hot take right here. I'm I'm gonna go with Bobby Porius, you know. You know, I love Bobby Porras. You know, you know he's been an entertaining player in Milwaukee. You know, a big part, a big reason why, like, like they won that finals in in twenty 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 one. Yeah, in twenty twenty one. You know, had a had a big playoff series in the finals. You know, been a big part of that bench. Loved loved by the fans of Milwaukee. Had it had a great game one against 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 the Heat this year against the Heat game one. But and and. He, He's a fucking floor spacer. You can shoot all that shit. Like you know, great energy guy. You know, I think, I think, I think he deserves it. <laughs> I think he should win. All right, let's move on to the NBA Clutch Player of the Year, which the yeah, this is an award. So yeah, the three finalists are Jimmy Butler, Demar Derozan, and De'Aaron Fox. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. It should be De'Aaron Fox. He was the clutchest player in the NBA. This past season, and obviously, like how we mentioned the Kings earlier, they're the number three seed, and, well, one of these people didn't even lead their team to the playoffs. But anyway, yeah, De'Aaron, the three seed, they had the best record out of all these guys, and he he had the most points in clutch time, and he's been the best player all season during the clutch time, so it should be easy, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I would agree with you, and and I want to say this word's stupid. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you do you agree with me on that? I don't like this word. Is that kind of dumb? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I think Darren should win it. You know, he is the best player in this. Like, like to me in this group, he, uh, that's kind of, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But I think he's a little better than Jimmy Butler. 
Wayne fucking wait, isn't it Demar? You said Demar, right? Yeah, Demar as well. At that, at, okay, my my okay, my fucking mind went to went to Jimmy Butler, but I think he's a better. I think he's a slightly better player than than Demar. You know, you, you know, like fucking like third three seed has been the focal point of the Kings. You know, like all his career, been a great player. Like their first good player that they drafted, they drafted in a while before Tyrese Halliburton. So. Yeah, I think, he, I think he deserves it. All right, let's move on to the NBA Rookie of the Year. And, well, the candidates for these are Paolo Bancaro for the Magic, Walker Kessler of the Jazz, and Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, not going to lie, Jalen Williams was probably the best rookie in, out of these guys in the second half of the season after the All-Star break. And well, his his team was the only team that made the play uh, the play in out of these teams. But still, this award should go to Paolo Bencaro, in my opinion. He was the number one overall pick for a reason. He went to the Orlando Magic, and well, he dropped like twenty a game. Uh, it just you know, being the Magic uh, Magic's best player already, you know, they they weren't close to the playoffs or nothing. But it was still fun to see Paolo. You know, he was like the one bright spot of the Magic. I guess you can say they're gonna have a bright future with all these young talents that they have. I mean, yeah, I think that's like the most clear cut award. Like, like out of all these, like I think Paolo should win this. He, he has been the, like, like. St- and I think like the best, you know, Jalen's been like a great player, you know, like it's been a great help for Thunder, but Paolo has just been a, a really good player, you know, like number one overall pick, like, you know, very, very tall, but you can stretch the floor, you know, good, good defense, you know, he's going to help the, he's going to hopefully help the Magic bring them out of that slump and that, <laughs> that just, yeah, just help the Magic in general because Jesus Christ, that, like they they need all kinds of help everywhere. Like this is hopefully gonna help with that. Like bring some players there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up is the NBA Most Improved Player Award. The candidates are Jalen Brunson of the Knicks, Shea Gilgers Alexander of the Thunder, and Larry Markkinen of the Jazz. Man, not gonna lie, this is like I think this one might be the hardest one in my opinion. I mean, all three of these guys took a step up for their teams, especially from last year. You look at, at a guy like Jalen Brunson, who only averaged like think, like 15 or 16 with the Mavs last year. He goes to the Knicks, gets paid. Uh, people say it's an overpay and all that. And, well, he goes to average 24 points per game and lead the Knicks to uh, back to the playoffs for the first time in like three years, I think. Shea, he was literally the first guy since Michael Jordan as a guard uh, to shoot 50%. Uh, and average over 30 points. So, I mean, there's all you got to say about Shea. And he led his team to the play-in as well. Unfortunately, we didn't make it to the playoffs. And then Larry Markkinen, uh, well, after being traded to the Jazz in the Donovan Mitchell deal, I mean, he was fantastic for them, their best player all year. He was an all-star starter. So, I mean, he, yeah, he was just great for the Jazz all year. They weren't close to the playoffs, but still, Larry Markkinen was a great, great player player for the jazz but after all this i think 
I'm going to have to go with Jalen Brunson as the NBA's most improved player. I think Jalen Brunson leading his team. His team was the only one that made the playoffs here. I know Julius Randle, I believe, averaged more points than him. But still, I think Jalen Brunson from like improving by, I think it was five points at the very least, probably was more now to averaging like 24 points per game with the New York Knicks being like their like actual good point guard, which they haven't had in like 20 years or something like that, probably even longer. So, yeah, I mean, the Knicks, they found their point guard. Jalen Brunson is that guy for them. And, well, you know, I mean, let's see what they do in the playoffs. But, yeah, Jalen Brunson, I think, is my most improved player. I, I disagree. Well, I, okay, there's one thing I agree with you here, that this is probably the hardest one to pick. But I think this one should go to Shea, go to Alexander, you know, a guy who's been traded from the Clippers to – to the Thunder, you know, basically has basically the franchise vocal point from the start, like, like, ever since he got traded to the Thunder, you know. He was a good player last year before that, like, he's just a good player, good young player developing, and now this year, he fully fucking broke out. Amazing player, he's fast, he can shoot, he can shoot the mid-range, he can shoot the three well, good passer, good, good passer as well. The defense a little shaky, but it's fine. Just he completely turned around that that Thunder team along along with as you said Jalen Williams, and, and they made the play in too. Like they made the play in too with with that Thunder team, which I don't think anyone expected. And this was all with that without number two overall pick Ch- Chet Holmgren being out for the year. Like this was all with all without him. Like this was just a complete team effort that was le- that was led by Shea Coach Alexander being. Being the best player, and I and, and in my opinion, the best player, definitely the best player out of all of these players. So I think he took the biggest leap out of everyone here, and I think he should win. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, that that award's really hard. All right, and then the final award is, at least I think so, is the NBA Most Valuable Player, the MVP. And well, we basically have the same candidates from like the past three years. Uh, he, it's Giannis of the Bucks, Joel Embiid of the Sixers, and Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. And, well, this was a very close race all year, even with Giannis as well. Giannis had a fantastic year as well. Um, Jokic, the reigning back-to-back MVP, I think comes to a stop here, as you remember, I believe you had it as well. In our preseason projections, we both had Joel Embiid winning the MVP this year, and I think he gets it done this year. He wins his first MVP as he led the Philadelphia 76ers to the number three seed. I mean, they were great all year. Now they're they're whooping the Nets' ass right now in the playoffs, and he's like probably the sole part of it. I mean, he, he won the scoring title for the second consecutive year as a center average, like 33 points per game with like 10 rebounds or however much it was. He obviously doesn't assist the ball like Jokic, but no one assists the ball like Jokic. So, I mean, Joel Embiid obviously his defense as well is fantastic. So I think Joel Embiid will capture his first MVP of his career and winning it over Nikola Jokic and Giannis. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Joel Embiid should win this, you know, has been the focal point uh, of the Sixers since he's been drafted to the league, you know, 
clearly, I don't know, you're not going to agree with this. I think he's the best center in the, best center in the league, top 10 player in the league. I think you would agree with that one, but he's, he's, Joel Embiid's just a very special player. You know, like, he can drive, he can drive, he's very big, he can shoot, he, he, he drives like a point guard, you know, like, you know, like to stretch, stretch the court, good defense, you know, solid rim protector, you know, just like he provides a lot for the for the Sixers, and that 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 makes them real, that makes them a really good team, you know, you know, like like being the, like the best player and all that shit, and, and this is all like missing like fourteen games, and if he wins this, that's the most player, that's the most games anyone's ever, that's a one MVP since Bill Walton, and so that'll be an amazing, so so that'll kind of be it. Like like a good like an amazing thing right there to overcome those odds, and, and yeah and yeah he's like the best player best player here best scorer here you know best defender like best all round player here and I think actually not to be honest but yeah, but yeah you know what I mean but 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 yeah I think he should win this and hopefully and finally get his first MVP like Jesus like like he finally like hopefully he'll finally get one. Yeah, we'll see if he gets it. I think he should. But anyway, that does it for our award predictions. And let's move on to the final topic, I believe. I don't know why this was there. Okay, whatever. Anyway, the final topic, and that is the NBA playoffs have started. I know we're a bit late to them. So, uh, okay, wait. So we're not going over the games that happen, right? Or are we? No, no we're gonna do that like once, like the like once the round's over. Okay, all right. So yeah, all right. We will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna give our playoff predictions. I know games happened already, but we're we're doing it like how if we have a zero zero. So yeah, we're we're not gonna take into consideration these games so far. All right. So let's start off in the Western Conference in that uh, oh, first matchup. Hold on. The what? We are gonna take it. We're gonna we are gonna take consider they can take the injuries that but no, that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, that, okay. That's not like thing. Because there's been a shit ton of injuries. Alright. Anyway, let's move to the Western Conference and let's start off with the number one seed Denver Nuggets against the number eight seed that made it in the play in against uh, a win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Timberwolves. Alright. So we have a good big men matchup. We got Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets going against Carl Anthony Towns. And if, if hell, you put Rudy Gobert there if you want. All right. Anyway, and then you got, like, for the Timberwolves as well, Anthony Edwards, who was great this year for him. The Nuggets, you got guys like Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, and guys like that, which especially Aaron Gordon. He was great this year. And like Michael Porter Jr., guys like that, they're they're the number one season. Uh, they're the number one seed in the West for a reason. You know, they were not the number one seed all year, and well, they end as the number one seed. And I do believe they will take care of business of the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I will say that they win in five games. I think the Timberwolves will get one on their home floor, whether it's game three or game four. But I think the Denver Nuggets should be able to handle the Timberwolves pretty easily and move on to the next round. Wait, so am I doing the East or, or am I going to do the West with you? Or am I going to do like like Nuggets? Because I'm actually. Just, yeah, yeah, just do the, the one that I just did. All right, so. So like you know, so like okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So the Nuggets, you know, obviously the number one season and uh, fuck ten outside that way. Um, but yeah, but, you know, like they had Nikola, Yo- they had Nikola Jokic, you know, like complete team around around Jokic, you know, 
Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., like all those all those guys, you know, good solid team, best team in the West right now. But I don't know. I don't know. Like something tells me that like this could be kind of close. I don't know. I think this could be if, if Anthony Edwards wants to actually step up his fucking game. Like all this, all those things, and Rudy Gobert like f- like just wants to fit in for once. But I think if, if like this, if this team, if the, that Tim Wolves team could fit better, like this could be a better series. But I don't think it would be like this. Like this Nuggets team is just too good and too and too well rounded for 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 them to for them to get for them getting for them to get a close series with with this Tim Wolves team that that is really dysfunctional and, and kind of like dismantling right in front of our eyes right now. So. I think this should be a sweep. Sweep, all right. All right, the next matchup in the uh, Western Conference in the first round is the Phoenix Suns as the number four seed and the number five seed Los Angeles Clippers. So, well, this is probably the most intriguing matchup, even though that the Clippers won't have Paul George for the series, which sucks. I thought this would have made that series a whole lot of, a whole lot better than it already is. But we got two of the best two-way players in the league and Kevin Durant of the Suns and Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers. They're going to be going at each other. I mean, that's uh, I believe since the first time since uh, Kawhi was on the Raptors and KD was on the Warriors where he got hurt towards Achilles. But anyway, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, right? They're the number four seed. They trade for Kevin Durant midseason to go alongside their superstar Devin Booker, and then they obviously have one of the greatest point guards ever in the floor general, the point god CP3. And then, like you, uh, they traded a bunch of their role players as well, guys like Mikael Bridges, even though he's not a role player, he's very good. But like uh, some other guys as well in the KD trade, so they lost some depth with that trade. And well, I mean that we'll see if that costs them or not. And then with the Clippers side, like I said, no Paul George, but you got one of the best two-way players in the league in Kawhi Leonard, just one of the best players in general in the league in Kawhi. You got guys like, and then they have some great role players. You got guys like Eric Gordon. You got uh, like Robert Covington, like um, Mason Plumlee, uh, just guys all around. They are a super deep team. And, well, they were built for the playoffs like this. You know, they're a team built for the playoffs. They may not have the superstars, as you per se, like the like the Suns do. But, I mean, they have a very, very good team. They're there for a reason. They're in the playoffs for a reason. So, man, I had so much difficulty picking this series. But I think that the Phoenix Suns are going to win the series in seven games. And I think it's solely going to be off because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are just going to go absolutely ridiculous. I know they have no bench, which I'm definitely definitely should be scared of if you are a Phoenix Suns fan. Because when those two come out of the game, you guys are basically fucked. Like, I mean, Chris Paul isn't what he once was. DeAndre Ayton uh, in the first game looked absolutely terrible. I mean, he was just getting bodied. So, yeah, like, um, yeah, you just have to hope KD or Devin Booker is in the game at all times. <laughs> and I think the Phoenix Suns will get out and beat the Clippers in seven games. It's going to be a very, very entertaining series, but I see the Suns in seven. 
Yeah, like, this should be, like, I agree with that. Like, it should be very, very entertaining. You know, like, the Clippers, you know, they've been kind of milling around, like, like they're around, like, kind of disappointing. Disappointing because, like, you know, Kawhi, like, during that time, still hasn't added his game back, hasn't game back, you know. And when he has been, he has been 100%. It's just been Paul George carrying the team. They have no point guard. Like, like Reggie Jackson has been work, has been working out. So they cut him. They 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 cut. If I remember, they cut him. They they they, they trade for West for Russell Westbrook, and, and they also get they also get Bones Highland from Denver. Like they got they, they get they made all these they basically just made a lot of changes with the point guard position, and then after that they just started rolling. You know, like to become a good team. You know, Kawhi finally got back to form. Paul, unfortunately, there's no Paul George for probably the, the first round or eight. Yeah, the entire for sure. Yeah, there's probably like unfortunately no Paul George, which is which is a big hit because like you, because like definitely like if he was there he would have he would have been on Devin Booker, but but now like for some reason they're playing Westbrook on Durant, which, I which why, <laughs> well just like why like I get that it's personal between them, but like come on you want to put your your best defender on 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 the team's best on the other team's best scorer. Like, like, come on! But it somehow was kind of working at first. I, I, I don't know, but, but yeah, like I think this team is just too well rounded. You know, like I think I think Kawhi, I think Kawhi and the Clippers got it done in seven games. We got the Clippers, all right. Okay, even without PG, all right. So next up in the western conference is the sacramento kings as the three seed against the reigning nba champions the golden state warriors wow and well you could hear us talking about the second game that went on like uh as we were filming uh that was currently going on but i mean so you know that the Kings currently have a 2-0 lead but so I'm stick with my pick, like how I said before. And well, let's go over the teams first. First, with the Sacramento Kings, uh, you got the clutchest player in the NBA this past season in De'Aaron Fox, and then you got a guy that you traded uh, Tyrese Halliburton for in Demontis Sabonis, who led the uh, who led the NBA in rebounds. I'm pretty sure. And then you got your rookie Keegan Murray, who is great. You got a guy like Malik Monk off the bench, who has been lighting it up in the playoffs so far. So he's one of the best six man in the league for a reason. And well, and then you look at the reigning NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. We know their core, right? They got one of the best players in the NBA, Steph Curry. We got a guy like Clay Thompson, who's one of the best shooters ever. He's starting to come back into his old form of Clay. He got a defensive monster in Draymond Green. He doesn't score well, but he's great, great defensively. Andrew Wiggins is back for this series after he hasn't played in like two months because of personal issues, whatever happened there. So you got a guy like Andrew Wiggins back. You got Jordan Poole off the bench, who was, again, is one of the best six men in the league. I mean, just all the all-around role players, guys like Gary Payton, Kevon Looney, guys like that, all around. So, I mean, they're the reigning champions for a reason. They make it back to the playoffs. They were terrible on the road this year. But Sacramento, I know their fans have gone crazy these past two games, but it is only like an hour and a half, two hours, I think out of san francisco that's where the warriors play so i mean 
I wasn't expecting like too too much of a difference, but I mean like it's shown they've lost the first two road games. They're down 2-0 going back to back to San Francisco back to the Bay Area. So that is not going to change my pick though. I do have the Golden State Warriors escaping in seven games over the Sacramento Kings. I did think it was going to be a close series, and I still do think it's going to be a close series. They're the reigning champs for a reason. Uh, they have one of the best players in the NBA in Steph Curry, who literally just is like Superman. But, yeah, I have the Golden State Warriors escaping in seven games. Even though they're down 2-0 currently, I'm still sticking with my thing, and that is that the Warriors win in seven games. Uh, I'm... I'm gonna be different. You know, I feel like like the the Warriors were definitely the favorites in the series. Like I think you could agree with that one. But I th- I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna believe this this underdog team in Sacramento. You know, they do have De'Aaron. They 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 do have De'Aaron. They do have Monte Sabonis. They have a have a young team that's hungry. That that's hungry can shoot from anywhere. You know, fun team to watch. You know, and 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 you know. I think they're just being underestimated, and that's gonna and that's really gonna motivate them, you know, to 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 show the world like, hey, like, hey, we can like, to show the world to show the world like, hey, we're talent contenders too, you know. And I I think that I I think they win in six games, you know. Like I think that I think this the words are gonna have a little more fight that that than what they're showing right now, but but yeah, I think they should I think they should be somewhat close. All right, and then with the final matchup in the Western Conference is the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies against the seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers. All right, with the Grizzlies, you got John Moran, who's been one of the best players in the league, even like after all that stuff happened with him. You have the Defensive Player of the Year in Jaron Jackson Jr., and then Steven Adams not being in the series crucial very very crucial because you have literally no one that can guard anthony davis i'm gonna get into that in a little bit so yeah and then you got like guys like dylan brooks and you know um tyus jones who's one of the best backup point guards in the league they got one of the best benches in the league even without steven adams you know they're two they're the number two seed they rolled through the uh through the nba regular season and now they go up against LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers, who themselves have very, very good role players and superstars, like I mentioned, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. And then you got a guy who they traded for in the midseason, D'Angelo Russell, who has been very, very good since coming back to the Lakers. And then you got Rui Hachimura, who played fantastic in Game 1. Austin Reeves, who played fantastic in Game 1 as well. Well, like, you have all of these role players. You got, like, Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Just This team has really, really surprised me over the past, you know, couple weeks, and especially after the All-Star break, because I believe they've had the best record in the NBA at the All-Star, since the All-Star break, which is crazy. So, yeah, I mean, this comes down to the health of Anthony Davis, because he does not have anyone that can guard him. <laughs> I, I know he only had, like, I think it was 16 or 18, 
in uh in game one, but I uh, I still believe he's gonna average like thirty this series. Cause Steven Adams isn't gonna play, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is just too small to be with Anthony Davis. I know he's the defensive player of the year, but he's too small to guard Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the world when healthy and on the floor. And then of course you got LeBron James as well, who well doesn't really show like <laughs> like he's stopping either. He's hungry for another championship. And, well, he's going to go down fighting the king and all that, right? So, um, during this series, I was really, really thinking upset. Like, uh, and, of course, the Lakers won the first game as well. They're up 1-0. They took one in Memphis already, which is great that they did. And I think I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies to win this series in seven games. Because, you know, I think they have the overall better roster. I know that Steven Adams, the loss hurts really bad with Steven Adams. Again, that's the only person that could have guarded AD. But I think with the emergence of John Morant, you're not going to have a guy on the Lakers who can guard John Morant. So I think Jaw's going to go crazy this series. And I see the Memphis Grizzlies barely pulling out against the Seattle Lakers and winning in seven games. I don't even know if John's gonna play. If Jaw? Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, uh, but still, I I I think he I think even if he doesn't play game two, I still think they win. All right. I I I would agree with you. I I agree with you. I think the Grizzlies should win. Like the Lakers, like they're they're just they're just a mess right now. You know, like they they have been playing a lot a lot a lot better. Then they had in the like 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 after the All Star break because like you know they made those big trades for, when they got Jared Van- because they got Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, um fucking you know, what else am I forgetting? Hashimura and and Rui, <laughs> you know, which 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 Rui had a great game in, in game one, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, just you know like I I think the Grizzlies right now have a better team, you know, like. Have a better team, like, like that better chemistry, better, better chemistry, and I think that they should pull away with it. But if Austin Reeves somehow just says I'm him again, and and just pull and just pulls a rabbit out of the hat again, who knows? But I, I doubt that will happen, and I think the Grizzlies should win. But like, like the Lakers' chances do go up immensely if, like, if John doesn't play. Like I, I do acknowledge that, but. And plus, and plus, they're without without the Grizzlies are without Steven Adams, so that kind of sucks. But, but yeah, so I think the Grizzlies should win in seven. All right, and then let's move on to the Eastern Conference side, and then we'll do the divisional stuff after the second round, whatever it's called. All right, anyway. With the Eastern Conference, it's the one seed Milwaukee Bucks, which they were after the All Star break, going against the eighth seed Miami Heat, who won in the play in game against the Chicago Bulls to get here. And well, we saw game one. Miami Heat took it after Jimmy Butler went absolutely crazy. But then we saw the loss of their, you can argue, second best player, even though I definitely think that's Bam Adebayo. So I think their third best player, Tyler Hero, who is now starting for them. 
which I didn't know that until seeing the playing games. So, yeah, he now starts for the Heat. And, well, Tyler Hero, he's been one of the best six men in the league and now starting. I mean, he averages like 20 a game, so it's a huge, crucial loss for, for the Miami Heat. And then with the Bucks as well, like Giannis literally left the game in the first quarter and didn't return at all with like a lower back thing or whatever. So I think they said he should be good to go for game two. But I mean, like with the loss of Tyler Hero, I don't give the Miami Heat a chance at all. I know they took game one, but I mean, they were winning because, you know, Giannis went out in the first quarter and they saw Tyler Hero at that point. So I'm going to say that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to not drop a game after this. And I think that they're going to win four straight and win uh, in five games over the eight seed in Miami Heat. Yeah, I, yeah, I, w- I would say that they should win as well. But, like, even though Giannis would get hurt, which, which, believe me, and you saw that too, Adam, it hurt them a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they hurt them a shit ton. And that's mainly why, like, even without Tyler Hero again, even with Tyler Hero again injured too, I think, I don't think Bam got hurt, right? If I'm correct. Like, like, yeah, okay. But, like, okay, so, like, yeah. Well, like, as you say, Giannis should be back. And if Giannis is back, it means they probably should win. But even when Giannis was in, they they played him pretty well, so who knows? So who knows? I think this should be a closer series because you know it's a Bucks Heat series, you know, a tenth playoff rivalry, as you can say, a new one. And I think they should get it done in like six, I'm gonna say six games. All right, moving on to the four-five matchup, the four-seed Cleveland Cavaliers back in the playoffs for the first time since LeBron left, and then. The New York Knicks, who are back in the playoffs for the first time since, I believe, like, 2019, I think, is what it was last. So, yeah, all right. We get a great matchup here. We get Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs, who was rumored to be traded to the Knicks. Remember, in the offseason, they were probably the favorites to land him. And then the Cavs came out of nowhere and swooped and got Donovan Mitchell, which has been a great trade for them. They make the playoffs now. For the first time since the <laughs> sorry since LeBron has left, so yeah, all right. So yeah, Donovan Mitchell, he's been great all year. You can argue MVP candidate, even though I don't think he should have been, but I think he should finish top five. He's been great for the Cavs all year. And then he got like the Defensive Player of the Year candidate and uh, Evan Mobley. He got Jared Allen as well. Those two big men as well, holding it down as well in the paint. They're great there. And then you got, like, Darius Garland as well. We're going to see what his first playoff series looks like. He um, wasn't the best in game one, but, you know, we'll see how he does in game two. So this should be a good match. The next as well, you got Jalen Brunson. And then you got, like, Julius Randle is coming back from his injury. You got Emmanuel Quickly. I mean, you got superstars all around for the Knicks and stars everywhere. So, yeah, this should be a fun, entertaining matchup. It's the one I'm most looking forward to in the Eastern Conference. And with that being said, I think I know they won the game one. So I know, but I'm going to go with the New York Knicks to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in six games. No, I'm going to go seven games, actually. Now I think about it. Yeah, I'm going to go in seven games. The the Knicks beat the Cavs. 
I think this should be like a like I think this is like you know I'm about to I think this should be like my my fun like the funnest series out of anyone. I think these are two even like probably the most evenly matched teams in the playoffs. You know, like two teams are very fun to watch. You know, for very different reasons. You know. Like, I think I think the Knicks are very fun because like you know I like like that Tom Thibodeau defense you know Jalen Jalen Brunson's really fun to watch Julius Randall is coming back to form like like that bench too Emmanuel quickly all those guys like amazing depth like it's a fun team to watch and then the Cavs you know they're a fun team to watch on their own and you know for the scoring you know Darius Garland Donovan Mitchell they also have Evan Mo Evan Mobley like all those like all those guys. Like there, plus they got they got some they got some good shooting as well, and a good coach and JB Bickerstaff. If that's if I'm right, that's the coach. Yeah, the Cavs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, they got a good like like two great coaches, two great rosters, like two evenly matched teams. I'm gonna say this one goes to seven games again. I I know I've been saying that a lot, but I think that there's a lot of good series in the first round. That 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 could be close, you know, like. But I do think. I'm gonna say that the Knicks win. I'm, I'm gonna say that the Knicks win their first playoff series since the '90s, and Madison Square Garden is gonna erupt when that happens. Like, um, this is gonna be fucking up. Like, like it's gonna be amazing. Like for the mm-hmm. NBA, if you're not a Knicks fan, it's gonna be amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though if it if it would go to Game Seven, it wouldn't be an MSG, but still, like they'll, they'll for sure have people there watching it. All right. Anyway, moving on to the the number three seed Philadelphia 76ers against the number six seed Brooklyn Nets. Man, can we shout out the Nets, man? I thought they were going to completely miss the playoffs since they traded KD and Kyrie. And look at them. They didn't even have to go through the play-in. They were the sixth seed. And, well, it's not going too well in the playoffs, but I didn't expect it to. And that's going to lean into my prediction here. I had the 76ers in a sweep. Over the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, shout out to the Brooklyn Nets, though. They got Mikel Bridges, who's been balling since he's got their Brooklyn Bridges. That's such a damn good nickname. And then they got the Philadelphia 76ers, in my opinion, the MVP of the regular season. You got James Harden, who was absolutely electric in Game 1. You got Tyrese Maxey, who went crazy in Game 2. And then, I mean, the shooting from them in Game 1 was just outstanding. And, well, I'm going to stick with my prediction that uh, the Philadelphia 76ers will sweep the Brooklyn Nets. And, yeah, this really shouldn't be anything too crazy for Philly. They should be able to handle Brooklyn pretty easily. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with you, too. Like, I think I think that the, the, the 76ers should sweep them. Like, I think this should be an easy series, you know. It's like the Nets are just too, too young, too outmatched, like. Like like Nick Claxton has been has been given maybe at least some trouble and what I mean trouble is just like it's just more like argument all that shit you know but like but yeah I think this should be an easy series with Sixers you know too much scoring too much depth like like better players all all around except for at small forward which is Mikael Bridges because Tobias Harris you know it's just him <laughs> but but yeah but yeah just I think Sixers are a completely better team. With a better coach, with the coaching staff as well, and yeah, I think this should be a sweep. All right, and then the final matchup of the first round, 
We have the two-seed Boston Celtics and the seventh-seed Atlanta Hawks who beat the, sorry, it was the Miami Heat to get in to the number seven seed. So, well, game one has happened, and it was not good if you were an Atlanta Hawks fan. Trey Young, your best player, was terrible. He was basically useless. I mean, he did not shoot good at all. I mean, I think he shot, I think, 17% from three. Yeah. That was very, very, very bad. They have nobody who can guard Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, which Jalen Brown went absolutely nuclear in game one. Jason Tatum as well had a very efficient game. This is the Boston Celtics. They're the reigning uh, Eastern Conference champions for a reason. They made it to the NBA Finals for a reason last year. Even though Robert Williams is coming off the bench, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, <laughs> this team is too good. They have way too much depth on it uh depth on this team they had depth everywhere i mean they didn't even play grant williams in the first game and that and they blew out the hawks so i'm gonna stick with my prediction on here too and that was well it's not a sweep i had the boston celtics winning in five games over the atlanta hawks because i think trey young is going to go nuclear one game probably for like 45 50 points and he'll grab the hawks one win but I see the Boston Celtics having no trouble with the Atlanta Hawks. They should be able to win this series pretty easily. But, yeah, I'm going to say they win in five games. I think the Celtics should sweep them. You know, like, they made it look very easy. You know, like, Treon was, ba- like you said, basically useless. He couldn't do anything. He can't. He's one of the worst defenders in the, in the league for point guard cause, just because of his size. You know, DeJounte Murray can't guard Jalen Brown because he's too small. You know, John Murray, you know, he is a good defender, but Jalen Brown's just too big, you know. And, like, also no one can guard Tate. No one can guard Tatum. He was a monster in that game. And and, and also, like, fucking Jalen Brown is, play, is playing kind of hurt well as well. Like, he has a cut, like, like in, in his hand. And it said it went, it, it kind of opened up, it opened up, like, in, during the game, which is painful, I'll tell you that. And yeah, other than that, like this team's like this team's just like unbelievable depth, like the best depth in the league, like unbelievable shooting, good, good, good defense, amazing defense, the best defense in the league probably. And, and yeah, this team is just too good, not it's just too good to lose in the first round. Uh huh. All right, so we both had different different matchups on a lot of them. So my uh, first round matchup in the division, or what, the second round, I'll just say that is the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And, well, man, this would be a very entertaining series if this happens. And, well, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns to beat the one-seed Nuggets, even though, like, they were the one-seed all year. And Jokic finally has his guys back for the playoffs. I'm going to say that the Phoenix Suns do move on to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Uh, okay, so I have the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers, and I have the Nuggets winning. You know, I think that uh, I think that that the, that the chemistry bit for the Nuggets is is going to pay off a, a lot more for for the Clippers. You know, the Clippers are are, are kind of like an old team, and I think that the the Nuggets are a lot better in, in a lot of ways. So I think that the Nuggets should win and and go to the Western Conference Finals. 
And then my other matchup in the Western Conference is the Golden State Warriors taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, which, damn, I cannot wait if that happens in real life. That'll be such an entertaining series with, like, Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. But I, if they do match up, the Grizzlies did take the series this year against the Warriors, but I think it's going to be a repeat of last year. If they were to match up again, and I would have the Golden State Warriors moving on and beating the Grizzlies, I'll say seven games. That's going to be a very entertaining series if it were to happen. I have the, and for my second. Okay, so I have the Grizzlies and the Kings, and I think this should be kind of an easy series for the for the Grizzlies. Like I think Jaws, I I, I think. Uh, if Jaws can't, like he can, but if he can't, then like it'd be kind of like it could be still kind of a typical series, but for the Kings. But I think if Jaws hurt, like like if he can't play, then like he sh- they should win. But if he's not, if he's okay. Then he should. But I'm gonna say that the, that the Grizzlies win in seven. I think it's gonna be a fun series. You know, two fun young teams, very fair, very fast, very athletic teams. You know. With, you know, it's a lot to prove this season, especially for both for like both these teams. You know, I think that the Grizzlies should win seven. No, I think I think this happens very, very fun. Okay, all right. So, my first matchup in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the New York Knicks. And I have the Milwaukee Bucks beating the New York Knicks, and I'm going to say in five games as well. I think the Bucks were just the best team in the NBA this past year. They had the best record in the league for a reason, and I'm going to say that they handled the Knicks pretty easily, even though the Knicks were, I think, will beat the Cavs. But, I mean, I, like I said, I had it in seven. I had the Bucks winning over the Heat easily. So I'm going to say that the Bucks. Uh, take care of the Knicks single-handedly as well. Oh, you had the Knicks winning? Uh, over the Cavs, yes. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so for the same here, I got I got Bucks next, and I think if I think this should be a, a, like a five five games. I don't know if you had it as well, but but pretty easy series, you know. Like no one on the on can stop, but like no one can like everyone's falling and. and any for for too big too strong that Giannis is, and I think that that'll just be enough for the, for the Bucks to move on. Yeah, I agree. And then the second round matchup, the other one for me is the Philadelphia 76ers against the Boston Celtics. Which wow, what a series that'll be if it happens. And I'm going to have the Boston Celtics beating the Philadelphia 76ers in six games to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals again. I just think the Celtics are just too deep of a team over the Celtics. They got a a guy like Robert Williams on Joel Embiid, and then literally no one on that team can guard Jason Tatum. So, yeah, I I got the Celtics advancing. All right. Uh, um, all right, like, um, this is, uh, fuck, okay. All right, so this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a hot take. I'm gonna say the Sixers are gonna win in seven games. You know, this is gonna be the one year that that, that they get that monkey. Wait, that, okay, that sounds wrong, but that, you know what I mean, right? 
Yes. <laughs> like, like they get that. Like, okay, do you want me to say the analogy? Yeah, sure. You want. But like they get, they get like, okay, they get the okay, I'll just use another. They they have the, the they have the boogeyman like like off and like yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. Like you know what I mean though. Okay, whatever. But like, like the Celtics have had the Sixers number for years and years, and regular season and regular season matchups, postseason, everything they had their number. But I think this could be the one year that 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 they could break through and win in seventy games. I, I I do I I firmly believe that that Joel Embiid like Joel Embiid could, like is too much is like could be too much for Robert Williams I, and yes I do agree that 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 we have no one for, for Tatum but I think we're just we're just as deep as as the as the Celtics and, and I think I think this should be a very 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 close series and I think the Sixers are gonna. Wow, not gonna lie, I disagree strongly with this deepest Celtics. But all right, we'll move on to the Western Conference Finals. My matchup is the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors, and I have the Phoenix Suns beating the Golden State Warriors in six games to move on to the NBA Finals. I just think that like. Andrew Wiggins will probably be on KD, and, well, I mean, I don't really see that going too well. KD can't be guarded by anyone. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in the league for a reason. And then, like, obviously they won't have anyone for Steph. Like, Steph is probably going to go for, like, 35 in each game. But I think this is just going to be a high-scoring game by both teams, and I see the Phoenix Suns coming out on top at the end. I have I have the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies, and I the Nuggets win in six games. I I think that the Nuggets are just two are 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 the best team. I change that to change. I think that are too well rounded for that shit. Okay, all right, and then um. With my Eastern Conference uh, Eastern Conference Finals matchup, I have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, and I have the Boston Celtics losing <laughs> to the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games. And wow, I mean, what a series this would be! I know I've been saying that a lot, but damn, there are so many good entertaining series if these happen. I see the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Boston Celtics. You can have Giannis on Tatum, and well, he'll probably struggle a little bit. He's still Jason Tatum. He's still going to score, but like, I think Jalen Brown as well. You get a guy like Grayson Allen on him, or if you want Chris Middleton, who's not a terrible defender, you can have it. You can have him on him. But there's just no one to guard Giannis on that team of the Boston Celtics. I know they beat him last year, and I see the Bucks getting revenge this year in the Eastern Conference Finals to advance to play the Suns in the NBA Finals. I, and I have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think the Bucks are gonna win as well. I think they, sh- they should be. They should get fixed game. Like no one can guard Giannis. Like like maybe Embiid could do something, but I really doubt it. Like like the Bucks are just too are just too good. Are, are just too good. That better shooting. 
and, and then like they're not like as deep as as like the Sixers and Celtics are, but they're just like they they, they just have too much firepower on that team, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then best player in the world on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then with my oh sorry, Chico. Okay. All right. Well, with my NBA Finals matchup, it's it's really not looking likely. But I have the Phoenix Suns going against the Milwaukee Bucks, and I have the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship in seven games, which I have like every series going to seven games. I don't care. All right. I have the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Phoenix Suns in seven games to win their second NBA championship in the past three seasons. I just think they're the best team in the NBA for a reason. They have the best record in the NBA for a reason. They went on that huge-ass win streak for a reason. They have the best player in the NBA and the best supporting cast to go alongside him because, you know, that's the Bucks team just fits Giannis. Everything just fits Giannis, you know? Like, he has this guy Cash Money out there, Chris Middleton. He's got Drew Holiday, who's probably, like, probably the best defending point guard in the league. At least absolutely outstanding. And then you got a guy like Brooke Lopez, who's incredible down low. And then, like, Bobby Porter's Grayson Allen, guys like that off the bench. So... I think they're the most complete team in the league, and I see them beating the Phoenix Suns in seven games to win their second championship in three seasons. I think I also have the Milwaukee Bucks winning. I think this should be pretty easily in five games. You know, like like Jokic can't defend. Like like he can defend. Like no one on the like they don't have anyone to defend Giannis. Like like it's just. It's just gonna. I think it's gonna be too easy for the Bucks. You know, too much firepower that 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 the Nuggets can't handle. You know, like they just can't handle that shit. Like Jokic is gonna be intimidated by that. At least he's because Jokic one defense is like a scared little boy, and and um, and and yeah, I think this should be pretty easy. I think we you're gonna see Giannis win his second ring, and and hopefully we we get an equally as good as as a reaction from Giannis as we did in the first time. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's it, right? <laughs> I think that does it, yeah. Yeah, that does it for us. You, you, if, yeah, that does it for us. You know, it's been a long episode. It's been fun. You know, it's been fun giving, getting our opinions out there. You know, just just a normal day in the life, I guess. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I want to apologize because, like, I know this audio is not going to be the best because I know, like, the connection cut out a couple times and all that, so we apologize for that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're getting better on that, though, but, yeah. But I, hopefully you'll still enjoy this. Like, if you're, if you're on YouTube, like like and subscribe and and, and listen to this on, on Spotify, like, almost and almost, like, any, like, um... Like, like almost any like music platform they they use, and if you listen to it and you listen to the audio version of this, you should you should you should go to our YouTube and like and subscribe to that one as well. And and yeah, this has been the Sports Season Podcast, and I'm John. I'm Adam. This is the Sports Season Podcast signing off. <laughs>